Hello, friends, and welcome to To The Point, the home services podcast that focuses on marketing and operational solutions to help you get better. Because if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. Now, let's cut through the bullshit and get to the point. Well, hello there to the point home services podcast listeners. It's your host, Cristiano, along with my co-host who is still sitting in a yurt in the middle of the Smoky Mountains, Mr. Paul Redman. What's up, brother? Chris, always a pleasure, man. Good to see you. I have to admit, I'm a little conflicted today. Um, on one side, I'm excited that I'm still kind of, kind of on vacation in a yurt for the second week in a row. Um, but I want to talk about our reviews that have came through on the podcast. So, so far we have like, I don't know, 40 or so five-star reviews, but we had one that um, came through that I thought was a little questionable. So all the reviews have been pretty good. Um, hey, you can't get any better than To The Point Podcast. These guys are so much fun. But this last review came in from Eric. Eric at Shamrock on Saturday says, and I quote, Chris is great. A wealth of knowledge, great <laughs> guests and content, period. End of That's review. Perfect. Sounds perfect to me. Chris, Chris, what did I do to you? What did I do to Eric to be um, completely omitted <laughs> from the review? So I'll admit, it's great getting feedback. I was a little, um, little burned on that one, but all things equal. Thanks for the five stars. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Shamrock or Eric from Shamrock. I really appreciate you. Um, don't forget your $25 in the mail. Uh, so so uh, listen, for real, all the reviews have been fantastic. It's the whole reason we do this is to give back to the masses, the industry that we love so much that supports us, our families, all of our customers, all these things. So thank you so much. Um, listen, I want to get to it because I want to make sure our guest has all the time in the world to share her knowledge and wisdom and all that jazz. Wow. That just took me, listen, I'm not even going to tell you where I got that from. Anyhow, so much good stuff is about to come from this podcast. So I hope you're sitting down. Um, you probably are, or you're working out, or you're doing whatever we've heard that you guys are doing, flying, doing something. Um, all those things you do when you listen to fun podcasts. But I want to introduce our guest. She has been all over the place. She is so well-known in the industry. Um, and gosh, she's been on, featured on Inc., New York Times, NBC, CBS, Fox, ABC, I mean, Huffington Post, you name it. Where hasn't she been, Paul? That's actually what I want to know is where has she not been? What do you think? Here's, here's where the authority comes in. This is how you know you've made it. So to prepare for this, I, you know, I Googled you and was trying to get your background. And once I Googled you, then I was getting hit on Instagram and Facebook with all these business guru advertisements because you know how marketing works. They're like, hey, if they're interested in talking to Ellen, Clearly they want Tony Robbins to come to their event. So you're like on the next level. It'll be a couple of weeks before my, my feed is just filled with, with bikes and travel trailers again. Oh Lord. Ziggler legacy certified speaker. Zig Ziggler. Oh man. I mean the good stuff I'm talking about trades financial wizard loves to talk about the money, honey. Ain't that right, Ellen? Mm -hmm. I yeah. love the money, honey. Oh yeah. And then also, I mean, you, this, you, this one little franchise you might've heard of, I heard a rumor. I mean, maybe it's not a rumor. It's actually probably true that potentially you grew that thing just a little bit that goes by the name of Ben Franklin. Does that sound familiar? Yep. Yep. Oh my God. Hey, hey, to the revolutionaries out there. That's what we oh, call the okay, franchisees, well, the revs. Well, without further ado, let me let me say hello to our guests and listeners. Listen to our guests, Mrs. Ellen Rohr, President and fr Franchise Operations Manager of Zoom Drain. Welcome, Ellen. Hey. Hi. I'm so excited to be here. I just, I love you. I love what you're doing. We connected so much when we first visited. Yes, and I am honored to be here with you and Tall Paul. I know Larry and Eric. And you know what? They, they're a twosome as well. And so maybe you should just shine on one of them off like they did you. <laughs> they're super nice guys. You must know them. We do. We do. Okay. All right. We do. So, so listen, um, I want to make one thing clear. And, and actually, since we've actually, re we record a couple podcasts in the same day, Paul is sitting in a yurt, like I mentioned in the beginning, and I'd never do what a yurt was, but it's basically a teepee. So come on. Tall Paul's nickname is teepee. And he's basically sitting in a teepee. Tell me that's not pretty awesome, right? It's pretty awesome. I, I mean, I think anybody who lives in the, a yurt 
becomes the most interesting man on the podcast. Why are you in a yurt? So this is our um, this is our delayed family vacation. You know, we had to cancel spring break. We couldn't do the, some of the traditional trips. So we we found a yurt up in the Smokies. And, you know, with the exception of about a half day today, I'm in pretty much full vacay mode. Um, but due to some rain, my family was supposed to be out adventuring. They're back in the yurt right now. And I've asked them to stay off the Wi-Fi. I've prayed to the rain <laughs> gods because if it rains in a if it starts raining again, I just got to shut it down because is it noisy? Mean, a, is it noisy? It's very noisy. Yeah, very noisy. Mm -hmm. But there's some modern luxuries. If I show you behind me here, that's a washer and dryer. Um, there's some. I've got air conditioning. That's we're not exactly roughing it in this yurt, but we are in a giant teepee. Yep. That's so cool. That's I'll send you so a picture. Cool. Okay, I love, love, love that. We'll so you're an adventurer. Yep. Yeah. And I appreciate your commitment to the podcast, Tom Paul, even on vacation. That's very thoughtful of you. Absolutely. So Ellen, you ready to get after it? Yes. I know you are. Cause you, ready. you are equally as high energy as myself. And so I want to get into this. So that way she has all the time to kind of get after it and listen up, man, get a piece of paper out and take down notes, get out your phones and take, make notes. Um, remember it if you need to, whatever it is, Make sure you're paying attention because you're about to get years and years and years of schooling on how to run the biz. But maybe you don't have the plan in place. You think you got a plan. So I've, I learned in the beginning from when I was starting the company Rhino. And so for those that might be a first time listener, I'm also the CEO of a company called Rhino Strategic Solutions, which is a digital marketing company only for the trade since 2008. I had no business plan going into this because I had no idea what, what it even looked like. Um, so I just won it. I winged it. I winged it. I wanged it. However it goes, you pick, you pick whichever one you want. I'm from Indiana. So all those are applicable. Um, but I didn't have a business plan. So I did know how to, to do internet marketing and I knew how to sell. So those two things worked for me, but I'll be darned if at some point that doesn't work anymore. You actually have to figure out how to do things. So what I want to do, Miss Allen, is, uh, get into this whole thought of around business plan. Um, and man, there's going to be some strong opinions in here and I love it, but you have so much knowledge to back up your, uh, your, for, I mean, this has been part of your professional career for years, many years, and you've done things successfully. So let's get into this. What to you, and I'm going to jump right into it. And if we go sideways, it's completely okay. Mm -hmm. What is your simplest definition of a business plan? Anything that helps you clarify your intention and line up some action that will move you in that general direction. So a business plan could be a vision board or a three by five card or a notebook. You know, anything that really helps you get clear on what it is that you want and then line up some action to make it happen. Now, you know, sometimes if you're going to get a loan, the bank will say you need a business plan. Yep. Here's a tip. Ask them for their model. Do you have a model that I could use? Because chances are there's some, uh, uh, you know, low on the totem pole guy who has to check off some boxes that you did a business plan. They're not going to look at it. They're not business advisors, but there are going to be a couple of things that they have to check off. Not In that case, I would use the business plan format that they recommend so you can check off those boxes. However, the, the problem with a standard canned business plan is that it's done for the wrong reason, like you need a loan. Or someone told you you should put a business plan together so you go through and you check off the boxes and fill out the stuff and then it goes um, on a Google Drive somewhere or on a, in a binder somewhere and you never ever look at it again. So if we were willing to open up the definition of what a business plan is, anything that helps you clarify your intention, what do you want? And then line up a little bit of action that's gonna move you in that direction. The rest may be revealed. So I am quite generous in my definition of what a business plan is. And I like my definition better than a canned package. There's you, places for it, but you know. You just told me, actually what you just said, let me know that I actually did have a business plan. And you know what my business plan was? Was a vision board. 
I got one right here. I got a vision board. I'm a visual person right across, you know, from what I yep, look at yep. um, on the other side of my office, I have a vision board. I also have a more formal plan because now I have partners and there's a lot of money involved. And, you know, so I've evolved it. But, you know, even as we talked, you said, what do you want to talk about? I said, I want to talk about business planning, but it's usually like really boring. And I promise I won't make it boring. Like it's just like dieting or budgeting or blah, all those things. <laughs> But the words, the, the phrase is unfortunate because the, um, the, the power of those two things is astronomical. Yeah, absolutely. So well, I don't know that anybody that knows you or has talked to you would equate boring and Eleanor yeah. <laughs> together. No, it's going to be more like, uh, <laughs> watch out, buckle up that, you know, I don't know. We don't know where we're going to go today. We're going to start with business planning. But it's all coming from all from years and years and years of experience. And if you're writing things down, just last long enough, last long enough. Um, my one of my mentors, Al Levy, says things, you know, you'll get where you want to go. It's just going to cost more and take longer than you originally hoped. Yeah. You yep. know, so yep. is that great? Just settle in. You'll get there. I mean, I have, uh, you know, I embrace your accolades. Thank you very much. And it's just because I hung around for a while. Yep. You know, that's what I tell you. If I could tell my younger self, you're fine. You're fine. And anyone younger than me, I would say, you're fine. You're on the path. The <laughs> yeah. stuff that goes into the story or goes into the book or the music or the art is the stuff that goes off track. You know, so even with the plan, the delicious moments are the, the moments that you didn't foresee. I did not see COVID-19 coming. Right. I knew in some vague general way that was not reflected in any way, shape or form on our business plan that we were going to have a, a pandemic. I figured at some point we might, I've seen the movies, I've read the books. Um, however, uh, you know, that changes things. So uh, a plan is also something that's going to be flexible. Can I tell a story about a plan that changed? I would love that. Okay. Here's the story. I, um, one of my favorite guys, I've never met him because he was dead. Uh, when I figured him out is Ernest Shackleton. Have you heard about Shackleton's adventure? Not, no. What? I have not. The book is called Endurance, Endurance um, by Alfred Lansing. And um, in the early 1900s, it was the age of like the great adventurers, right? Tall yep. Paul, like these guys set out to go to the, the highest mountains and go to the North and South Pole because there would be wealthy people who couldn't see those places or had no interest in getting their boots dirty. They would pay adventurers to go on these adventures so to outfit them and then have them come back and bring pictures and tell stories. So it was a great age of adventuring and Shackleton was a great adventurer. So he sets out, this is his plan, his business plan as it were. He's gonna get a group of people on a wooden ship, sail down to Antarctica Park, take the dogs and the sleds off the boat, and dog sled across the South Pole, and then get picked up on the other side. Now, is there any reason to do that other than the adventure? Nope. And the same with your business, just saying. You make this stuff up. You decide what it is that you want. And so then you layer the meaning on it. So this is what happens to Shackleton. Spoiler, I'm going to tell you a couple of things. The book's still such an, a masterclass in leadership. It's so great. Um, the, um, the ship gets stuck 18 days in the voyage in the Weddell Sea, which is off the coast of Antarctica, and it gets encrusted in ice, Shackleton said, like an almond in chocolate. And it literally captures the boat and sinks it. Well, they get off in time, but keep in mind now they're just on ice. They're on ice with a couple of lifeboats and the things that they deemed important enough to take off the ship and the ship is gone. And now his mission changes and that's to get everyone out alive. And now the, the journey takes a different turn and arguably a much more impressive uh, mission and set of circumstances than his original. So, you know, being willing to change the plan or being forced to change the plan is absolutely not a bad thing. That is an inevitable thing. And uh, there's, there's always more, more game to play. Then you adjust and you make some, some changes in the plan and, and off you go. Do I have you intrigued about Shackleton? You're gonna get the book? You, I wrote it down. Look, yes, you're gonna love it. But I actually wrote it down. 
Um, so what I hear you say was uh, sometimes things don't go as planned and you got to change. You got to make shifts, changes to what's you know important at that time or what change, whatever changes you need to make in that moment. Have, have y'all, um, are, are y'all familiar with like disc mapping or yep. flag pages or Myers, yep. you know, yep. those, I would say that of all the things I've learned over the years on a day-to-day -day usefulness basis, that information has been very useful to me because what it taught me the long and short of it, I know it's more complicated than this, but what it taught me that really resonated was that people are weird and wonderful and different. They're, you know, to celebrate diversity, that some people are introverts, some are extroverts, some are results oriented, some are relationships oriented. And of course, we're a big mix of this, right? Um, but you will notice and you'll notice that some people take change easier than others. And it has everything to do with their personality. They're not right or wrong. In fact, you want some people like that to slow your roll in your life, right? Just to, that, that delicious mix of, of um, diverse personalities. I really like that. I'm a team player. I like to, to embrace, embrace that diversity. Sure. But what I found is when you put a business plan together, some people are a lot less likely to embrace change than others. And we know that. And that has everything to do with their personality. So if you are someone who doesn't like things to, yeah. to change, you're going to have some interesting stories to tell when something like coronavirus hits you. And if you are someone who is comfortable in chaos, <laughs> then a plan allows you to get other people in your life to catch up. Slow down a minute. Let's figure out where we're going and not go in a zillion directions. So a plan is just really this agreement. Like you can have a business plan all by yourself. This is what I want. You know, if you want to, um, this idea of laying claim to what you want and then setting, setting up a couple of tasks that'll move you in that direction. I wish we taught that in sixth grade, or maybe sure. you can, you know, you teach your kids. That's what parents are for to teach your kids this, because have you found that particularly in the trades, I think a lot of times um, self-esteem in the trades is a, is a challenge. Sure. You know, people somewhere along the line, somebody told them, you're not going to college, you're going to wear a patch on your shirt. You know, you see where I'm going? Yep. Some, I, I hold trades people in the highest esteem, but not everyone does. And I think that's one of the challenges we may have with some of the people in our, in our um, honorable industry. If we could start teaching that, demonstrating that, concept of just putting a plan together. What do you want? Write it down. You move it from thought form to physical form just by that, right? Type it up, write it down. Now it's thought, it was thought, now it's actually physical. We started the process. And then what are one or two or three things that you could do that would get you started? You don't have to know yeah. every step along the way. What I found is if we slow down long enough to ask the good people who work with us these questions, what do you want? You know, you can work with me and here's my promise. Here's what I want. I'd love for you to help me get what I want. I'll help you get what you want along the way. That's a Zig Ziglar a classic yeah. line, right? You can have everything in life you want if you will just help enough other people get what they want. So what do you want? And you will hear um, that people will say really modest things. Like I had a, a kid tell me once, I want a hunting rifle. And in part of me was like, that's it. That's it. <laughs> right. that's it? Right, but that's where you start, right? So you want to hunt? We can do that. We could get that. So what kind of honey could you get? A picture of it. All right, get the details of how much does it cost? How much would you need? If we have a bonus program at work, would getting the bonus or earning the bonus help you get that rifle? Like you start to connect the dots for people in your life that this is not that big a deal. You know, to demystify the process of business planning or planning in general, or throwing a party or going on a great vacation, like you're doing tall Paul, like that took a little bit of planning. Somebody had to decide, you just made it up. We're going to a yurt in the Great Smoky Mountains. That sounds fabulous. Is everybody in? Why would we want to do it? You know, the follow-up questions, why are we doing this? What's in it for me? You know, how much time, energy, and money are we going to take to do it? You just, you know, those are, additional questions as you formulate this plan. Yeah, abs absolutely. What if, what if, I'm gonna change gears for a second. Okay. What if somebody doesn't even have a plan? Like they're already doing it. And, and let me tell you, um, listeners, if you're, if the plan is just to go out and make sales, um, that's not really a plan. It's, uh, that's what my plan, air quotes, was when I first started was, if I just make sales, it's gonna make, 
you got to actually, there's got to be more to it than that. But what if like nobody has a plan? Do they all of a sudden, and like things are going okay, do they all of a sudden need one? Like what's your opinion on that? I just saw on Instagram, Sarah Blakely, whom I adore. Oh yeah. Oh, we're same here. Huge fans. I'm in her, I'm in her coaching program. Yay you. I absolutely love her. And she wrote, she's never had a plan. So do you need a plan? You don't, you don't need to do anything that I or anybody else says. Like, so like, um, there is a, there's another book. I didn't read the book. I read the title and I thought it was good enough. It said, if you meet Buddha on the road, kill him. (laughs) I don't even know what the whole book was. I read like the subtitle, but the idea was you got this. You got this. You're going to have everything you need. You can access different people, but there's no one senior to you when it comes to defining what it is that you want. Don't let anybody else impose their plan on you. So if you're, if you're happy, what can I add to the equation? Just be happy, right? However, if you get frustrated, I wanted to be here and I'm not, then you can mix it up. You can get some, some ideas from other people, hang out with uh, folks who've made some cool things happen. And, you know, the plan can be as simple. I think somewhere along the line, like, you know, you just said, Chris, I didn't realize I had a plan, but I have a vision board. Okay. You know, my broad definition would encompass a vision board. You know, so don't let anybody tell you what you have to do or must do. And I think that that's something else I've come become a lot looser and if you can believe it, less bossy over the years. <laughs> I, yeah. You think it matters for, so I think it, it, it differs for different people too mm-hmm. and, and your personality and how you're wired because I am a just do it. Um, I'm not, I'm not like I, if I set a goal, I get it done. And I only, I, I just focus on it and I get it done and it's always worked for me, but it's how I'm built. I'm also super high risk. So having a vision board was enough of a driver for me because I could control my own actions in, you know, on how I do it. So do you, so it certainly it, that must differ based on the type of person that you are. It, that's a, that's a hundred percent. And whether or not you need somebody else to buy into it, to give you the freedom to do it, to support it, to give you the money to do it. Um, you know, so like, um, I, uh, my husband and I, like, let me tell like a little brief piece of my story. Once upon a time, I married a plumber. I call myself the plumber's wife. I don't have any skills. Like I, if I had to pick up a channel locks, I need to use two hands and I'll probably get hurt. Like I got, I got none of that. Um, so that's also led to this deep appreciation of tradespeople. Like I met my husband and you know, I, I, I'm amazed at what tradespeople know. They can get water from here to there. They, you know, electricians wrangle lightning, drain cleaners keep, you know, 70% of the world doesn't even have adequate sanitation. Drain cleaners move poop away and keep good water from bad water. You know, uh, HVAC guys create weather. Like this is not lost on me. <laughs> So when I went to work, you know, my husband, uh, another story, but it was pretty tragic. My husband's partner died at age 33 and it was his best friend. And it was absolutely awful when it happened. But then at that point I did something really dumb. I've had a million jobs and the job I had at the time was I was a restaurant manager, pretty cool job. I had salary vacation, people to cover for me, lots of minions. I loved my crew. It was great. And I quit that job to go work with my husband. I told him, listen, I know a little bit about business. You know how to turn wrenches. We'll get rich. It was awful. It was not that. (laughs) That is not what happened. Now we don't have my salary. Now we're fighting. I would say to him, we don't have enough money. And he would hear, you're not good enough. You're not working enough. And so you can imagine uh, what that did to our relationship. And uh, so the first thing that happened for me, and this is, this is how I work with my franchisees, this is how I you know, kind of built my whole career on my experience. The first thing that happened for me is I reached out and found one of many, many mentors I've had in my life, Frank Blau. Do you know who Frank Blau is? I do. No? No, okay. I do. Yeah, I do. Oh, you do. Okay. All right. Because I really, I, I like, um, I like uh, dropping this name. He's helped a, me and a lot of other people in our industry. But he wrote a column once upon a time called, um, How Much Should a Contractor Charge? In a, a trade magazine. And I read that article. 
and I followed the math and I wrote him a letter. Dear Mr. Blau, please help me. My husband and I are fighting all the time. We're not making any money. I'm up to my eyeballs in debt. I'm hating my life. This is the first paragraph. And then I spend two pages telling him why what he said in this article is wrong. <laughs> oh boy. Won't work for me. You don't know my cheap customers. You don't know my pain in the butt guys, you know, blah, blah, wine, wine, the whole thing. Yep. So I sent him this letter. So I, I, am, I, I reached for help, but already I'm not going to take it. You don't understand my situation. I mean, you've run into this. So um, he calls me up. The guy gets my letter. He calls me up. And the first words he said to me are, honey, you have your head. And then he described where my head was. So far? Yeah. Uh, okay, got it. Yeah. And I am, who is this? <laughs> this is Frank Blau. I get a lot of dumb letters. This, this letter takes the cake. He actually published a book with my letter in it by way of example of how dumb contractors can be. It's called The Business of Contracting wow. by Frank Blau. Justin. So um, uh, he was the one, you know, they say sometimes you need a feather, sometimes you need a brick. I got me a brick of a mentor <laughs> and he just like wasn't having it. If you're so smart, you know, college educated, all this experience, how come you're not rich? Just like was not buying it. You have to figure out your financials. Oh, not me. I'm too creative. I'm dyslexic. I have the attention span of a squirrel. I can't do any of that. I don't want to do it. I want to pay people to do it. And he just wouldn't have it. He's like, it's your money. You got to know. And he taught me how to read a balance sheet and profit and loss and just dragged me kicking and screaming through it. About a year in, I started to realize I was making much ado about nothing because it was actually not that hard. It was kind of fun and it was the scorecard of the game. And I it, like the light bulb went on for me. So, you know, it, that was a huge um, salient point in my career, just figuring out this. And if you are taking notes, dear listener, charge more than it costs. That's what Frank taught me charge more than it costs. <laughs> and if you don't know how much it costs because you don't have financial reports, you better learn how to uh, do them. And your account's not going to do it for you. Most people are going to make a big mess of it. You've got to have your fingers all over it. And so that really set me on a path. So in our business, Hara and I started to keep score. We inevitably raised our prices because you can't otherwise. I was fine going out of business. I just didn't want to be broke anymore. We quintupled our prices. We started to make money. We got out of debt. We now have options. Money buys options. So this is how business planning ties into this. So it's at that point I turned to my husband and I asked the um, essential business planning question. We have some money now. What do you want? What do you want? And you know what my husband, Hot Rod the Plumber, said to me? I want to work all by myself. <laughs> SmartAC.com. SmartAC.com. If you haven't heard of it, you better find out. If you haven't implemented it, you better check it out. You have to get started doing something. 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield. What are you doing differently than your competitors? You need to make sure that your memberships are sticky. SmartAC.com does that. Lifetime warranty, insurance savings, filter discounts, 24-7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem. Live tech chat, service providers, all of this with smartac.com. You've got to check it out now. I respect that. I know, right? <laughs> At the yeah. time, I was offended and it was quite traumatic. Looking back on it, it was just like the best thing, right? Because... He and I had different visions because as he's saying that, I'm thinking more trucks. This is what we could do with four trucks. What could we do with eight trucks? We're in Park City, Utah. What if we took over the east bench of Salt Lake City like I was on this? And he wanted nothing to do with it. And you know what? It was his business. It was his business. So, you know, a couple other tips here. In any business, even a family business, I believe in one buck stops here person. 50-50 partnership, somebody still has to be the one to break the tie. And it was his business. And so he gets to do what he wants to do, which left me in a situation of, hmm, and this is brutal. I've got to quit blaming my husband for my failures. 
I got that line from my partner at Zoom Drain, um, Jim Crenitti, who told me he finally got to the point where he started, he realized he was blaming his employees for his failures. You mm -hmm. know, it's in your hula hoop. The question I was asking him is a question I had to ask me. What do I want? How can I serve? What's my next step? What blows my dress up? You know, metaphorically. Sure. So we decided not to work together, sold the company, moved to a farm in Missouri, you know, just like went middle-aged crazy. And now I'm wrestling with this idea. What do I want? And you know, if you're listening and you don't know, when you say, Ellen, what do you want? I don't know. I'm just scrambling here. I'm trying to, you know, pay last month's bills. You know, change it. Pause. Yeah. Just pause. Just pause. Go for a walk. Go to a yurt. I bet you've had some nice moments there, Paul. I have. Yes. Thank you. Gosh, there, there are. So Chris and I have this nonverbal way of kind of indicating to each other, like who gets to ask the next question <laughs> and what we're doing I right now. Is we're like, so no, no, no. <laughs> we're jumping in front of each other because there are so many ways we can take this. And you said something a few moments ago, and I want to come back to it. And it's not a new concept, but it's concept, but it's something we've not explored on this. Um, and you talked about uh, success and happiness, mm -hmm. right? Share with me some stories about kind of that search for happiness. I like to say, like, if you, your, your responsibility is to achieve success by your own yardstick. Like, that's where, like, you can't, and, that's, and this is how I discovered it. I was trying to get my husband to gasp, be different. How does that work out? Ever. Try to get yeah. your kids to change, your parents to change, <laughs> your employees to change. What are you going to do? Drive to your service technician's house, get him out of bed, put his costume on, shave his face. You, that's outside of your hula hoop. So like that experience yeah. with my husband is what I relapse sometimes, but that's what taught me that he's in charge of him and I'm in charge of me. And the paradox of this is when you get clear on what you want, if what you want is a team gig, now your responsibility is to communicate this game that you have envisioned so that someone else might say, um, uh, here's what I want and it's aligned with what you want. I think we could get what we want if we traveled this path together for a while. And then you start to magnetize subcontractors and coworkers and vendors, right? Now with someone like my, my husband, Hot Ride, this is, it was a really good moment for me. And you know, just as, as you guys go through your lives, there's going to be a guy out there who does excellent work, who doesn't want to grow a company. And if he's happy, wouldn't that be one of the boxes that you tick on the success checklist, right? Sure. So always happy. So I call this like the West Coast chopper model. You want, you know, just my suggestion to that guy is just be really expensive because that's going to help you sort out. I mean, you can only take so many customers a year. So get ones who are willing to pay you for what makes you deliciously unique and wonderful. Okay. So you're going to be like, my husband is one of the premier hydronic gurus on the planet, warm water. He moves warm water, either powered by the sun or geothermal or a boiler or some way of making water more warm and distributing it. He's one of the premier experts in the world. Well, if you wanted him to work with you, now he's moved on now, he works for a company. I mean, he had, he's had the most interesting career without me. <laughs> but if you wanted to work with him when he had, after we um, decided not to work together, he started another business in his mission statement, in his business plan. And it, I think this was the whole plan. He wanted to work for people he liked on projects that were interesting and get in line, get in line. If you don't like my prices, if you don't like my time frame, it's just that's okay. And that's is okay. that crazy? No, it's not crazy. I think it's totally okay. That delicious. We'll see. So that's that's what like that lesson taught me is it's not up to me to tell my clients, my franchisees, my partners what they want. That's for everyone to determine. So I can ask the question, what do you want and why do you want it? And then we may be able to travel a path together, at least for a while. So I want to ask a quick, a quick question, now, almost kind of going back and towards the beginning in regards to Zoom Drain. Can I do that? Okay. Oh, yes. I love talking about Zoom. So, I wore my um, shirt. Yeah, I saw that Zoom Drain shirt looking good. I love, uh, I love Zoom Drain. I love our business. Well, you better. Mm -hmm. um, but you genuinely have fun with it. And so um, now if you would, 
this is a two-parter question, okay? Okay. One is share with the listeners um, what you've done with Zoom Dream because it's remarkable, much like you've done with other things. But let's so so teed up with what you've done with Zoom Dream, and then tell me what was your business plan to make that happen. We very much operate with a business plan. So I'll, I'll, I'll get, I'll definitely go to those, those two points. Okay. So what happened is, you know, when I was working with um, uh, Clockworks and Benjamin Franklin, I left there in 2004 um, and it was just time to go. I was, you know, there was, they were moving all the executives to Florida. My mom and dad lived in the barn on my property. My dad, you know, was forgetful. I thought I'm not moving him. You know, it was a lead, follow, get out of the way moment for me in that organization. So I got out of the way love, love, loved the franchising model. There was, I just get it. We, um, they don't work for me. We have to magnetize each other. There's this natural dynamic between franchisor and franchisee. I really loved the model and I loved my franchises, but there's some stuff, you know, with any adventure, you think I would do it differently next time. So after I went into consulting and I write for the magazines and speak and travel, and I've just, I have been to probably thousands of shops in my life right now. I've just had this terrific career where I get to, somebody's interesting, I call them up, I go visit, I get them on the phone, I just learn, and it's been awesome. Along the way, I met um, my best friend and partner, Al Levy, who's also a consultant and as different as you can get when it comes to disc maps or, you know, we use black pages, but just my total opposite. Um, and as a result, we were very complimentary and we had some clients that we worked with together. I would do the um, financial piece and some of the business planning and he would do everything else. So um, one of our clients was this fellow named Jim Crenitti and he uh, had this drain cleaning company. Well, what happened is Al and I were talking about our next steps and how we could work together. And I said, you know, would you be interested in franchising? I want to try it again. I want to do it differently. I've got some ideas. As we were talking, Al's phone blows up and it's Jim Crenitti who says, you know, I was thinking maybe we could franchise my company. <laughs> we're like, oh, well, you know, we're just talking about it. So it was just kind of this really neat moment of synchronicity because we were thinking, you know, it wasn't like I had drain cleaning wasn't the, it really didn't matter to me what trade it was at that point. Now that I'm into drain cleaning, oh, it's my favorite. Um, but the uh, uh, that moment then, thanks to Al, I was like gung-ho at that point. And Al said, let's slow down and let's make sure that this gym shop, this model center absolutely rocks before we entice someone else. We don't want to make a mess you know, any more mess than we have to, let's get this really tight. Al says, if you want, if, if you're listening and you're thinking, I want a franchise or I want to go multi-shop, Al's advice would be make sure that you're red hot at your model center. Otherwise, you're, there's no way you're going to even be lukewarm if you start expanding or going to remote locations. So that, that made sense to us. So we put together a plan and this is how our business planning works. I owe a lot to to Al for the, the vocabulary that we use, you're going to recognize some really basic stuff. If you throw a party, you're going to do something very similar to what we do at Zoom Drain um, on a franchisor level and then also with each franchisee. So we come up with a, um, a mission. Why are we doing this? Our mission statement at Zoom is to demonstrate the best that business can be. And we unpack that word best all the time. But for me, it was like, if I'm so smart as a consultant, why aren't I doing it? Like, let's demonstrate it. So the words demonstrate and best, that's what, that's what resonated with us. So that we decided was our mission statement. Then you set up some goals. What do you want? 100 million, 300 million, 500 million. And you make this stuff up. <laughs> I just like, it's like Miss Dr. Evil. <laughs> $100 million, you know, we make it up. We knew we wanted big, uh, big companies, big companies in my experience. It's just what I like. There's more people, less on call, less burnout, more career opportunity for Jim. It was absolutely uh, making good on the promise that he had made to the team members on his team that I'll continue to create career opportunities for you. I don't want you to hit the top of the ladder with me. I want us to keep going. 
And for Al, Al has this concept of legacy. He, he is very devoted to what he's taught contractors and he really wanted a place where they were in, that the procedures, the systems were in, and this would be a legacy model of, of uh, his expertise. So we came at it with different directions. We settled on a mission and we settled on some goals. Then from there, you can also put together a little statement of values. This is what we always do. This is what we never do. Some people do that. Some people don't. doesn't matter. Once you have a vision or a mission, and you know, different gurus call these things different words. It doesn't matter. It's Coke or Pepsi. Just get some, you know, get some consensus over the big picture, the point on the horizon to which we're going to march. Then you put a list together of all the things you're going to have to do to get there that you know right now. Some of them you don't even know. And you make what Al calls the master list of projects. Al's always coming up with super sexy terms. The MLP. Master list of projects. MLPs. Yeah. Boom. A long list of stuff that has to get done. And that's going to be a really long list. And um, then you're going to boil it down to no more than five master projects. Top, we call them top projects at any one time. Now, when I wrote my book, The Bare Bones Biz Plan, I said you can't have more than 10. I, 10 is too many top projects to have, I've learned five is tops or four or three is plenty you listening yano i'm listening are you I'm listening, listening. No, i just want to make sure your headphones are <laughs> i'm listening he's busting my chops he's got a list is what i was making sure he understood you have a big list chris he's besting he's busting my chops because he's basically saying my list is too big have you have you heard what mark victor hansen says about a list no but please share oh you're gonna love this so much I love this guy. I met him once and I just, it was amazing. But um, he says, when you write down your goals or the things that you want to accomplish, not exactly the same as projects, goals are two have by when statements, but whatever. Hey, you hear that, Paul? He said, um, well, you know, again, we're getting into a little semantics. It, it, in the long run, you'll find your way on the details. But um, he says, make a list of 101 goals. Because as soon as you accomplish a goal, it no longer has any power to motivate you. And he says, virtually by writing down those goals, that moving from thought form to physical form is often enough for the goal to just manifest. Like that's all it took is just laying claim to it, writing it down. Next thing you know, it's, it's, it's delivered. So he says, have lots of goals or, you know, and then lots of projects, all of that is, is good. If you can, and if your if your personality is such that that sounds confusing, that's why you put it on a list. And we use, we currently use Trello. We may move to Google keep. There's a sauna. I likes me, um, an electronic app because I'm going to work from wherever I'm going to work from a yurt. If I'm, I'm a traveling gal, right? I like, I like to roam. So wherever I am, I, you know, I want to be able to share this list. If all, if you're the only person with the list, you're stuck with it. You use Trello. You use Trello. I use Trello. I use Trello. I like Trello. I like Trello. It's just, I, you know, I, it's, 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 I'm always looking to make things simpler. It has maybe too many features for me. I, you know, and then I get, I get some of my team members lost in the weeds with it. So I'm exploring. I may, I may change, but we'll see. But Trello, let's talk Trello. Trello is a great free app for, um, for you. You can uh, start making lists. So we have the long list. We yep. might boil it down to uh, an on deck list. We call it the top 30. And then we have no more than five projects at once. And when we meet, we briefly review, what did we say we wanted to do? And then we go to the top five. And that, that has to get discussed so that there is some action on those. Then the, the, meat, the meat of this, then it goes on somebody's calendar and there's documentation. So there's the, the, the dream, the documentation of the goals and the mission. There's a long list of projects, a couple of ideas, you know, uh, the, the qualifications we have for moving it from a, uh, uh, you know, the master list to the top projects list is, does it solve um, a big problem or capitalize on a, um, a great opportunity? So if it, if it does one of those things, you have to champion your project to the top projects list. If you're collaborating with people, then once it's there, um, it's on the list and off you go. Now, 
Go ahead. Uh, I, I, I could go into the weeds here a little bit. Let me pause. Let me pause and ask you to share. What's hitting you right now? What is my goal? Is that what you're asking me? Well, just like what's coming up for you. I know when I listen to people, stuff comes into my head. What's in your head right now? Oh boy, uh, this is a short segment. Uh, so let me tell. Here's exactly how my brain works. Um, our my our our number one thing here at Rhino is um, you know we want to help our customers grow, but the big win for us is to be able to give back. Now, here's what comes from that, right? Like that is the Northern Star. Mm-hmm. But there's so many things that have to happen to get myself there. Now, what that's done is we have ourselves a giving goal, right? That we want to hit a revenue number. That's our giving goal. Okay. And then I, so that I know where the where the company revenue needs to be to hit that giving goal. So part of this process is um, I've learned that I'm not going to be able to do that organically. Um, so I have to go through acquisitions. So I'm currently going through a couple of acquisition conversations now. Right. Um, and so that is where my head's at is how can I can continue, how can I can, can I continue to grow this company, maintain the, the level of customer service that we've always maintained, maintain the culture. Like how can I grow and continue to, to um, you know, maintain all the things that are in place that are working really well. And that's really what the biggest focus is at the moment today is working through that piece of it. And guess what, when it's done, it's going to be implementation and like, you know, across and like, it's going to be new, new, new projects that come from that. I think that's why Paul's, Paul's busting my chops, Ellen, is because once I accomplish one, it's not like I get to just mark it off the list and nothing else is there. I just keep adding to the list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, now yeah. Here's, here's a pop. Or, or Paul, go ahead and share, and then I got a, a question for you guys. Well, I was just going to share, um, you know, we have found that if you, you know, surround yourself with ambitious people, and those ambitious people truly care about each other, but also have talent, right? There's really not much you can't accomplish, right? To get to where you want to go. The question is, at what point do you bring a guide in to help, you know, channel your ambition and your talent toward, you know, where you want to be? And that's kind of where, that's the journey we're on, I would say, Chris, um, as a company. It's like, we are moving full steam ahead towards something and there's a lot of potholes ahead of the way and we still have a, a lot going on, but, but go ahead. Well, so, so do you raise your hand or I don't know, we're going to see you raise your hand. I'll say I. Say, My hand is up or whatever, but um, okay. So have you gotten to the point where you realize unless you start energizing other people to take some of these projects, you're not going to get it done? Certainly. Yes. Right. Yeah, that's and where so, we are. Now, and some people, it depends on their personality. Like if I could delegate brushing my teeth, I would. I delegate. Same. What happens to me, as soon as something lands on my plate, my instant stimulus response is, who can I give this to? A hundred percent of the time. For other people, based on their personality, they're going to want to control it. They're going to want to, they're perfectionists. They want, they, they're not going to trust that someone else is going to get it done. And then there's all these variations in between. What obsesses me, and I think what I bring to the table at Zoom Drain, is what I, I believe is that the more we push projects out, the faster we're going to go, the better we're going to be. Because otherwise, we're limited to that brain power of just the executive, say. Right. So unless we start pushing things out to franchisees, to their team members, and let me know if you've ever had this experience, you've wrestled with the problem that's taken you forever. You procrastinated, you're hating the project. You delegate it to someone and like 15 minutes later, bingo, done. Awesome. So much better than you made it so much easier. Wasn't emotionally and, you know, destroyed by the whole thing. And you go, why was I making such a big deal out of that? So I'm obsessed with um, employee opportunity, team member opportunity, ownership opportunities. Like how can we make such a great game that the people who come to us are going to have careers, not just jobs for as long as it suits us both, right? Right. They don't have to stay forever, but that that while they're here, they expand in terms of skill set and happiness and, and uh, uh, you know, just the things that they want, get move in the direction of, of what they want. So once those projects are on the list, Al calls the steps of delegation. I just use the journalistic question. So let's say I'm going to have Paul. Well, this is how things might happen. Paul, is there a project on this massive list you guys are assembling 
that that really speaks to you like you're waiting you're trying to champion this project to the forefront and you're getting a not yet um not particularly but at times for sure yeah yeah the things kind of come on and come off and and we've only got so much bandwidth for sure right okay then i'm going to give you an example i'll, I'll put so i'll make this just tangible by giving it because it sure. came, came to me um an example of when this happened there was a service tech at Zoom who didn't like the uniforms. <clears throat> now, that's a common thing, right? How many times have you seen that or been around the, the tall, big guys? They're always too hot. Their shirt doesn't stay tucked in. The skinny guys are cold, you know. And then you've got men and women or different shape sizes. Nobody likes the uniforms. And for some reason, the default in our industry became everybody has to look the same. So we're always trying to find this one material or shirt or whatever that everybody could wear. So, you know, and you'll put up with stuff that you hate if the overall um, game is worth it. Not, you know, not everybody has to like the uniform. So, but it wasn't really a burning desire. But this young man, um, Chris, uh, was the one who just kept beating the drum of like, let me do it. I, this uniform thing is a hot mess. We can fix it. So if someone is the champion of a project, who would we put in charge of the project? That guy. Yep. Why me? I could care less about the uniform, really. I mean, I'm not the one impacted, but he was obviously the one. So when they champion the project, if this moves to a top project, are you willing to lead the charge on it? Yes. I'm not going to abandon you. We're going to meet about it every week. We're going to go through basic steps of delegation or getting some scope on the project so I don't hang you out to dry. In three months, I hate what you've done and we hate each other. We don't want to do that. So this idea of once a project gets deemed a top project, the very good news, dear business planners, is that you don't have to do everything. And in fact, you shouldn't. Your life as an executive is a life of meetings and your job is to check on the people on your team and set them up to win. In the day-to-day -day work that they have to do to uh, make good on the promises, uh, you know, sales and installation, have to do that. And we've got to give them some time to work on the projects that are on the top projects board. So you're going to talk to Chris about the uniforms. You're going to say, what are we doing? We want to have uh, update our uniform policy around here. Okay, that might be refined even more, but we'll start with that. Why are we doing it? Because the heavy guys are hot and the skinny guys are cold and everybody hates you. All right. Okay. And then how much time, energy, and money do you have? Who's going to help you do it? When are we going to get this done? And do we need to meet in the meantime? So you're really asking those journalistic questions. What, why, when, how, etc. And that's, I think, what's missing from most business plans, just to bring us back to the topic is that we get the big picture, we set up the goals, we put the financial piece together, we have a marketing plan. We don't get to the actual projects and the projects are the mundane work of leadership. That's what makes it all so. Yep. And, and as you really get to own and embrace getting a project done, then that lather, rinse, repeat, like I don't wanna jinx my, um, I have a really good life. Yep. I do think that no matter what I got, I would just take a break, pause, think about what I really want. If I don't want this, what would I rather have? I put a list together. I'd assemble one or two projects. I try and get someone in on it with me and would start getting things done. Right. No matter what it was now, that's really ingrained. So when you said, do we use a business plan? That's really how we live every day and we fail every day. I was supposed to get this done last week. I got to go to the meeting and explain I didn't get it done. You know, that happens. Sometimes you get spanked. Problem with being the boss is you usually don't get written up. Right. True. <laughs> yeah, you wish. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can only pull that, you can only pull that off before you start losing integrity or a reputation. Sure. Yep. Or respect. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, you learned so much about the employee who you, you know, who brought the uniform problem to you. And now you have an opportunity for them to serve the company outside of their normal day to day, bring value. And you find out if you have a leader in that person or not. Right. Bingo. 
It's yep. exactly it. So then like, so one of the things that we started doing for a field supervisor position, which is like our junior man management position, they have four days worth of goal instead of five, one day's worth of putting the meeting together, working on projects, um, safety, uh, recruiting and hiring, training. Those are the, the tasks that we give the field supervisors. One of the requirements to become a field supervisor is accomplishing a top project. You know, so like we just started, we realized how important it was. Like you said what it does to the person who gets a win there, but your responsibility is set them up to win, not to lose. Cause the control guy will take it all back again. Yeah. Right. And then everybody loses there. We want them to win and it does take learning, um, you know, learning how to get a project done. Again, I wish we did more of this. I wish I'd learned it when I was a kid, I guess is what I'm saying. And I feel honor bound to, to do my best to demonstrate it, demonstrate the best the business can be and, and teach what I've learned. But none of that, like, have I said anything that blew your mind today? Really? Well, well, here's the, thing that, here's the one thing that blew my mind is I did come into this with a business plan. <laughs> it was just my vision board. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm now changing what I say moving forward because of that. I mean, like if you, suppose you want to sell your company someday, Chris. Yep. Now you've got a different requirement for that business plan, depending on who you have to magnetize to, uh, you know, as, as someone who may acquire you. Correct, right. Or right. if you're acquiring a company, the person who's going to merge with you may not be okay with the vision board. Sure. That's so true. then that's why, you know, have some other tools in your toolbox. There are, you know, there's fine, just search business plan. There's all kinds of models out there. I think what gets missing in this, in this construct is one, it doesn't have to be complicated and it's got to move to action. Here's something I learned from uh, um, uh, Jim Abrams when I worked at Clockworks. The guy is a masterclass in intention. Oh yeah, for sure. Never bet against Jim Abrams. I know, I know him. Okay. Yeah. So um, he said, um, the simpler you make it, the further you can take it and intention trumps action all day long. So the clearer you are on what you want, the easier it is to say no to things that don't line up and the easier it is to identify something you didn't even think of that does like the wormhole. Just taking notes. You said the simpler you make it, the further you take it. <laughs> the further you can take it. Further. Yeah. And so I fight, but you know, so even as I was talking about Trello, Trello's a little fancy for me. Like I, I'm fighting fancy all the time. <laughs> We're a seven KPI company. We're not a 25. We don't look for, we don't look for one more metric. I Sales minus expenses. Yeah, there, I knew. I was waiting for when that was going to actually come up. I've heard that one multiple times. Uh, yeah, I, well, you know. Then I go like it, it to get get five seven metrics, one page dashboard reports. You know, in most companies, that one page dashboard report have your business plan on one page. Just cut right to the executive summary. Answer those journalistic journalistic questions. Here's what we want. Here's why we want it. Here's how we're going to get it done. By when. Here's the pro top projects. Here's the mm -hmm. top projects. You know, and there you're, you're going to have to address the different areas of your business. And this is where, like, when you say, um, Paul, when do you buy the expertise? You might buy a starter set of manuals. You might buy a franchise. It took us a hundred years to create our franchise manuals. That's how much time and energy went into our manuals. That's that. That's point. like why we decided to sell them. Is like you don't have to do that. They're ready to go. My manuals are the best I've ever seen. I haven't seen McDonald's full set of manuals, <laughs> but I would put our manuals up with a lot of world class brands. Um, so you know that <clears throat> you can buy yourself some shortcuts. Yeah, and you can ask your way through this too, through plenty that want to help. Oh, isn't that the truth? And you know. People like me got a lot of help. So that's why I love the podcast um, world. Because, and you'll find this when you go to look for mentors and you call them up, the ones who are the real deal will take a half hour. I will call anybody and I'll say, I got two questions for you. Call me back on this number. I'm going to text you and let you know this is me. And you can text or you can call. I have two questions. I will take five minutes. That's all. I, I just because <clears throat> in the meantime, I got to think of those two questions. 
Sure. But I'm going to try and say something compelling. If I want to talk to that person, I'm going to get them. And, and if he doesn't, Mark Victor Hansen says there's a four-letter word for that. Next. Next. Find another mentor. Because most mentors got the kind of help that I'm talking about, and they're honor-bound to help somebody else. I mean, haven't you found people? Look at the people you have on your show. I mean, incredibly generous. Absolutely. Well, and and uh, the follow-up from it, how they've been generous to the listeners who have reached out to them and want you know and help. Like they're, they're everybody's willing to help, but you don't have to have it all figured out. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you find one guy, here's a perfect example. I've had a, a lot of great luck on the uh, on getting the guests on that I want to have on. I'm very intentional in who I choose. It's like we have a lot of people reach out. But I'm very intentional in who I choose to have on the show. That being said, I really wanted Mark Cuban on here. <clears throat> so I emailed. He responded. He did. I emailed Mark. It was simple. I didn't overthink it. I emailed him. How did I find his email? I Googled it. Mm-hmm. And I sent a message and said, and I tried to think of like, I probably spent 30 minutes just thinking about the most creative one, sen- one sentence because I didn't want to make it long. One Good. sentence to appeal to him to make him want to, you know, come on and, and share. And uh, he just said, um, he replied and said, I appreciate the offer. I'm so swamped right now. Uh, and I said, okay, I'll connect back later. But at least I started the process. So I kind of got shut down on that, but I'm not afraid to reach out and ask anybody for help because he's got such great, you know, got, he's got such great knowledge and wisdom, even though he's not in the trades. I mean, we're talking straight, like one of those amazing business brains, like you just, and he's entertaining, right? May I make a suggestion? Certainly. I would send him one sentence once a month forever. And I'd turn the focus into something he may want, like Zig Ziglar. How do you help him get what he wants? So you study up on Mark Cuban and you find the things that he's into and you go, I found this, um, you know, he probably won't open a link. I found this company, you put the company name and they, they may be doing what you're looking for for this project. Just thinking of you, boom, Chris, because have you ever bought have you ever bought from someone who just asked enough times? Um, you know, on the internet, like they'll, they'll ad target you. I don't know what that's called. Retargeting. Yeah. Okay. Retargeting. Yep. So you go look for a pair of black boots and those black boots are going to follow you everywhere. <laughs> okay. There comes a point where I know I'm going to buy them, but I just kind of have a game of seeing how many hits it's going to take for me to make me, I'm do I'm playing the game with myself knowing I'm going to buy them. I want them. I'm, I'm doing it right now with an Apple watch. I have just not, there's a couple of choices I have to make on it. I have, I'm watching Apple watch follow me through my life right now. I'm going to buy an Apple watch. So at some point he's gonna have to call you. Yep. <laughs> uh, he's going to, and I, I put it in my reminders once a month to reach out to him. My thought process was I'm just going to keep changing it up, but I've learned that I also tried to offer, like, I don't know what all I have to offer, but here's what I, what can I do for you type of approach? Yeah. Um, and I did work that thing. in. so it is on my agenda because I, Good. I, I figured it might be, but it was a compelling way to have that. Cause like people, I've made that mistake too. We give up too soon. You know, someone just wants to see if you're going to keep bouncing back. I will wait. Like I've gotten jobs before that. I just, I asked, I, I, was, I said, I'm going to come in every day to see if you need me. I got a job on a boat marine, at a boat marina doing that. I've never, never even been on a boat. <laughs> because you have any experience? None. Love it. <laughs> never well, been on a boat. Yeah, but they like you. And listen, a lot of times, the best part of your business plan is uh, your passion and, and, and how. Oh, we're going to have to wrap up, huh? We are, yeah. We got I'm we gotta sorry. Get wrap- I, I'm sorry it's over. That's what I'm sorry about. I've enjoyed this. Thanks for taking the, the long format here. And It's, uh, it's been a blast. Me, uh, preach. We're going to do I, a part two as long as you're game. Oh, I'd Absolutely. love to do that. I want to give you an opportunity to preach a little bit more. Well, I want to see where you are next. You're going to be like at the top of a mountain or right. bottom of the sea. Right. Maybe still in the yurt. This is working really well. <laughs> Um, I want to give you one more opportunity though. I want you to tell me why you love drain cleaning so much. I want to hear the passion because I heard it earlier. Well, when I married my husband, the plumber, I, I, I got turned on to this, the world of the trades in general, you know, plumbers keep people safe from disease, prevent more disease than doctors have ever cured and the math that's involved and the understanding of it, you know, it just like blew my mind. And then I got into drain cleaning 
you know, at the very most basic level, a dirty job. Have you ever smelled a grease trap? Have you ever had your head over a grease trap? No. You know, the men and women who will do that kind of work deserve to make a lot of money. It is honorable work. And when I look across, you know, across the universe, um, 70% of the world has inadequate sanitation and 30% of the world poops on the ground. Crazy. Yeah. Mm. And so what that does in terms of pandemics, like, so when I look at who can, I'm going to cry. When I look at who contributes the most in society to the survivability of mankind, who does more than the drain cleaner? You know, this is what I see. And then I see these awesome people do this dirty job with a smile and nice. And I love them so much. I feel honor bound to always champion the, the people on our team. I love, love, love my love team, it. our industry. So, yeah. And now, especially now, like even now, like Chris, if you were to go to, we might have to cut this off. <laughs> if you were to go, like, you know, now that more and more people because they're at home would rather you diagnosed a, pro a problem over a FaceTime or something, right? Sure. Yep. Even now, as we consider what we can do to accommodate our customers, we don't get very far into it before we have to say, and this is the point where we would take a camera down that line. And I have to do that in person. And by that, I mean the Royal we. Yep. Yep. So we have one of our guys, put on the PPE, we're always dealing in toxin anyway. Now we just have one more horribleness to deal with, but there's always been cholera and hepatitis and all these uh, terrible things in the, in the drain anyway. So our guys who know how to deal with this, most of the time, I mean, stuff happens, we make mistakes, but they take on the responsibility of going out there and dealing with that for somebody. I mean, how do I not love them? Yeah. Well, there's no doubt you don't, uh, that you're, passionate about it because it comes I mean you can even hear your voice elevate you talk about it and then of course I mean you get you you know you get uh, goosebumps about it because that, that is your passion coming out of it and that's awesome that's probably the best description of a drink cleaning I've ever heard I've ever heard and, and there's good money in it there's real good money in it and you clearly you're doing a great job how many how, how many zoom uh, drain franchises do you have now we have 19 locations at a girl. across the U.S. and uh, I am just I'm madly in love with them. Well, congratulations! I'm so excited. Thank you. It's Thanks for the opportunity to represent and to to brag on my team and and share a little bit. Um, I love, love, love when people make their dreams come true and find happiness. Paul. Yes. Yes. Thank you. That's what. That's the business plan. Be happy. Yay. What do you want to be happy? What do you want to do to be happy? Uh, Ellen, thanks, thanks, guys. Thank you so much. We appreciate it very much. Listeners, hopefully you got a lot out of that on um, business plan stuff. And again, you heard Ellen say like she's more than willing to be helpful. Um, you can also visit her website. It's Ellen Rohr. It's A-L-L-E-N-R-O-H-R.com. And also listen, if you go on there, she has a free book called Where Did the Money Go? Because she is a financial guru. Um, and so maybe next time we come back on, we'll hit on that. I know you've talked about it once or twice. Um, but who knows? We might find some other crazy topic we want to talk about. But regardless, she, I know you got so much more in the tank. So thank you again. Tall Paul, I appreciate you hopping on while you're on vacation, my friend. And uh, listen, listeners, uh, do, not, do not overlook this business plan thing. But also do not be stuck to what you think you have to do. If you need to pivot, pivot. If you need help, reach out and ask. If you need a business plan, there's so many variations what a quote unquote business plan is. Find one that works for you, that motivates you, that you can use your passion and you can simply be happy with. So Ellen, thanks again. Appreciate you. Listeners, thank you so much. Until next time, we'll see you. Thank you for listening to To The Point. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please consider leaving us a review in the App Store and don't forget to share with your friends. Till next time. Kick some ass.